the sun till the sun goes down. Let the name of the Lord be praised. We're gathered to worship. We're gathered to worship. Becoming a choir to sing your praise. Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. Joining our hearts in this house today. People of God. People of God. In the power of God. In the power of God. For the kingdom of God. To God we sing from the rising of the sun till the sun goes down. Let the name of the Lord be praised. From the rising of the sun till the sun goes down. Let the name of the Lord be praised. From the sky to the depths. From the To go out, to, go out. to cities and towns, we'll take your name into the nations, shining your light in the darkest place. People of God, people of God, in the power of God, in the power of God, for the kingdom of God. For God we live from the rising of the sun till the sun goes down. Let the name of the Until the sun goes down, let the name of the Lord be praised. From the sky to the depths, from the east to the west. From the rising of the sun till the sun goes down, let the name of the Lord be praised. From the rising of the sun till the sun goes down, let the name of the Lord be praised. From the sky to the Until the sun goes down, let the name of the Lord be praised. Come thou almighty King, help us thy name to sing. Come worship Christ the King, alleluia, amen. Praises to him we bring, alleluia, amen. With grateful heart and voice, before his throne rejoice. Praises his gracious choice, alleluia, amen. Come lift your hearts on high, alleluia, amen. Let praises fill the sky. Alleluia, amen. He is our guide and friend. Our lives on him depend. His love will never end. Alleluia, amen. Alleluia. Come, Come worship Christ the King. Alleluia. Come, Come worship Christ the King. Praises to Christ belong. Alleluia, amen. Life shall not end the song. Alleluia, amen. On heaven's joyful shore, His glory will adore. Sing. 
Christ the King. Alleluia. Come worship Christ the King. He came to live, live a perfect life. He came to be the living word our life. He came to die, so we'd be reconciled. He came to rise, to show His power and might. That's why we praise Him, that's why we sing, that's why we offer Him our Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, and the sheep of His hand, and the sheep of His hand. You are Lord of creation, and Lord of my life, Lord of the land and the sea. You were Lord of the heavens before there was time, and Lord of all, Lord, you will be. We bow down and we worship you, Lord, we bow down. Good morning. Welcome to Preston Crest. We are glad you're here. Hope everybody enjoyed an extra hour of sleep. I think that's why we're so full. Hope you also, those that forgot about it, enjoyed your hour of quiet time in the parking lot. So. <laughs> I'm Don Witt, one of the elders here, and we want to welcome you, and we particularly want to welcome any visitors we have with us today. We're glad you've chosen to be with us, and we hope that you will allow us to get to know you. It's a two-way street, so we expect our members to reach out to you, but we hope that you'll stay around long enough to be met. We have a lot of new faces, so 
we hope that everyone will try to get to know someone. And a great way to do that is to hang around for class um, after worship this morning. We have a great offer, number of good offerings for classes, so we hope that you'll hang around and do that. There is a, a weekly thing that we do. It's checking in, and we would invite all of our members to do that. If you would text the word check-in to the number on the screen, 469-476-5331. We appreciate that. One thing that's going on that happens each year is our Thanksgiving drive. The new um, Thanksgiving food drive, not new, the annual, um, it is starting again and the bags and lists are available in the foyer and John Scott's going to talk about that more a little bit later. Another Thanksgiving item that happens each year is the International Thanksgiving Dinner and that took place last night over in the zone and we are excited about that. They had over 50 people that came uh, and joined us over there and had a great time last night. So we're thankful for all those that were involved in that. And um, we appreciate all of the international students and people around this area that uh, come to visit with us and worship with us. This morning, we're going to be called to worship by reading Psalm 24, verses 9 through 10. Lift up your heads, you gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. Let's go to the Father in prayer. The Father in heaven, we do acknowledge you as our Lord Almighty and as our King of glory. We rejoice in knowing that you are our God and that you have provided us with a clear path to salvation, Father. We thank you for your unending love and for the unwarranted grace that you willingly offer each of us. Thank you, Father, for this body of believers here at Preston Crest, and we thank you for their common faith in you as their Lord and for their commitment to serve others in so many ways, for their generosity and that enables a multitude of good works to be done throughout the brotherhood and for their love of one another that enriches each of our lives and helps us along our walk with you. We thank you, Father, for the countless blessings that you provide, and they are many. But while we recognize how truly blessed we are, I know, Father, that there are in a church this size so many prayer needs. And, Father, we pray that we lift each one up, whether they are in need of healing whether emotional or physical, whether they are in need of comfort in a time of loss. And we have had great loss recently, Father, and we pray that you will wrap your arms around them. Whether they are in need of dealing with job security, help with loneliness or struggles in their spiritual journey, Father, we know that you know our needs. And thankfully, you know us as intimately as anyone, and we ask for the Holy Spirit to intercede on our behalf and lay our supplications at your feet, Father. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless this worship, bless the prayers that are offered, the songs that are sung, and the communion that we share, and the study of your word. We thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy. But most of all, Father, we thank you for Jesus, and it's in his holy and blessed name that we offer this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Don. All right, church, let's stand and let's worship this morning. In heavenly heart, the battle belongs to the Lord. No battle. 
sing one more song, and then Alan McCauley is going to lead us this morning as we gather around the bread and the cup. And can morning. How are we doing this morning? All right. Um, Wanted to 
give some thoughts this morning. Uh, whenever John Scott sends that email, I have to sit over the send button whether to reply yes or no. And I got to tell you, there are certainly times where I go, eh, maybe not this week. Um, but I do it anyway because I think it's the right thing to do. All right, so I'm going to give you a little story, and it may be a little different than the way you've thought of it before, but go with it this morning. We'll see how it turns out. So this week I was reading um, in Luke, it was actually Luke chapter 8, and it was about the parable of the sower. And I was thinking about um, the different soil that uh, receives the word. And I started to concentrate really on the third and the fourth. The third being the uh, soil that has the thorns and the fourth being the good soil where the harvest is plentiful. And I got to thinking about my life and about where I live most of the time. And I think unfortunately I live in the third soil. I get caught up in the cares and the worries of this world and I let that choke out his word and his his uh, promises for me. Sometimes I worry so much about where I am and where I'm trying to go that I don't make enough room for him to take care of those things for me. I let those cares of this world choke out uh, my life and, uh, and my relationship with him. And so um, what I want to do is I want to get to that fourth soil where the harvest is plentiful. And sometimes I think I get there. Sometimes I think I get there and things are really good. And then sometimes I drift away and get back into that thorny soil again. And, and so what I want to talk to you about this morning is, although I can't do it by myself, I do know somebody that can get me to that fourth soil and keep me there. And his name is Jesus. And the reason that we're here this morning and that we're celebrating and remembering his life, his death, and his new covenant that was created for us, the shedding of his blood, let's uh, go to the Father in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the many blessings that you provide for us each and every day. We thank you for your son Jesus, for his life for his example, for his death, for his willingness to die for us, for his body that was broken for us, for the sacrifice that he made. Help us to concentrate on his love for us and that sacrifice and that the opportunity for us to spend eternity with you in heaven. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.
I wanted to read something out of Hebrews. Um, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for your, your son Jesus, for his sacrifice, for the shedding of his blood, which cleanses us of our sins. It gives us the opportunity to come to you directly, to be able to talk to you and confess our sins and to know that you are there, that you are listening and that you are providing for us and blessing us and loving us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Alan, for saying yes this week, for sharing those thoughts. Uh, welcome. Glad to see you this morning. Glad you got up, made it, uh, maybe got a little extra sleep, uh, maybe sat in the parking lot a while, but we're glad that you're here either way. Uh, if you want to give this morning, you can do that through the website. Uh, you can do that through church teams, or you can just drop a check or some money in the box out in the foyer. Uh, so many ministries going on, and really more than a ministry kind of core to this church are the Bible classes, we used to call them connections, uh, places to do life, uh, to do community, and a special one for a long time has been uh, the constantly reinventing itself young couples ministry, a real strength of this church, and let's just pray over all our connections right now. We'll hear more about that one in a moment, but God, thank you for this church, thank you for this family for the community that we have. And thank you for those pockets, those groups within this larger church, the Bible classes where we, we do mission and we, we go deeper with each other. And I pray your blessing on each and every one, and especially this morning on those young couples who are constantly growing together and helping us to, to grow this church, Father. We pray your blessing on them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning, Preston Crest. I'm Josiah Baker. And I'm Becky Baker, and we are part of the Young Couples Ministry here at Preston Crest. This ministry has been a special part of Preston Crest for many years, and it welcomes all seriously dating, engaged, and newly married couples. Our focus is to grow in our relationships with God and each other as we study God's Word. We strive to encourage one another as we walk through the unique joys and challenges of this season of life together. We're so grateful for how it has blessed us and our marriage and are excited to see how it continues to grow and work in the lives of many more young couples. 
Thank you, Preston Crest, for your support of this ministry. All right. Everybody look up here real quick for a second. On your way out to the car this morning, if you don't mind grabbing a bag like this and a food list like this, let's try to do just one of these per family. Save some for second service. We've got a large crowd here this morning, so that may be difficult. But uh, grab one of those. These are due back next Sunday. And here's what next Sunday I want these to look like. This cost me, oh, 25, 30 bucks to fill these bags up. I took my shopping cart in the, or I took my, my bag into the grocery store with me. So you'll have a, a full blue bag and then you'll also have kind of a sidecar, if you will, of uh, the extra meals that we're asking you to provide again this year. So just tie those two together and bring those here to the foyer next week because we start giving these away. We're going to match those up with a big old fat turkey from Tom Thumb. And those are going out the door on Friday, November 19th. So I need these back next week. So if you're taking a bag and a food list, you're, you're making a covenant with me saying, yes, I'll bring this back, okay, next week. Thank you. All right, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. We'll sing another song, and then Gordon's going to come back up here and share with us. You are not a God created by Let me sing this prayer over us before we get into the word this morning. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is 
in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's the prayer. That's the Lord's Prayer. Thank you, John Scott, for that. So, yeah, we're just working through that prayer line by line, trying to go deeper with the Lord. Um, You know, it's interesting when you think about that prayer the disciples could have asked Jesus to teach them a lot of different things, but this is the one, the one instance we have in the Gospels where they said, hey, teach us about this. Teach us, they said, how to pray. And we got the Lord's Prayer out of that. Why would they do that? They could tell that when Jesus prayed, he wasn't checking a box. This one, okay, got my quiet time out today. They could tell that Something happened. It was more than that. It was not just something he did. It was who he was, this relationship. And out of that, they saw the power of God flow like a river. They saw lame people walking, blind people seeing, the dead being raised. It was out of this, out of this relationship that Jesus had with the Father, out of these conversations that he and the Father had together in prayer. And so they said, teach us how to pray. They had heard thousands of prayers, these apostles. They had personally prayed countless prayers, but they saw something different happening when Jesus prayed. And so they wanted to pray like Jesus prayed. He didn't then teach them about the volume. You know, you need to pray at least this uh, number of words, word count. You need to, no, he, they, he taught them not about that, but he taught them what to pray. His prayer was really about the content in this conversation with the Father, our Father. That's how it starts, our Father. And so we approach, he says, God as children. It's not transactional. It's not what am I going to get out of this. It's spending time with the Father, getting alone with him, you know, shutting the door. It's not transactional. It's relational. And then As we work through prayer, we notice what Jesus has, has us praying about is not what so many of us so often tend to pray about. Um, our prayer life isn't like the drive through you know, at Chick-fil-A. I place my order at the box, I pull around, I collect what I asked for. That's not what it is. You know, it's not, hey, just need help with a job situation, friend with chronic illness, need some help with that, need my kid to get into college of their choice, uh, I'm done. 
That's not what the prayer looks like, is it? You know, got that God, thanks, I'll pull around, pick up my order at the window. That's not what it looks like. Uh, It's not what prayer is, at least not the Jesus kind, the kind where the power of God flows like a river. That's different. And so he's teaching us how to connect with Father like he connects with Father, how to speak to God. And so he begins with, with this conversation with God about bigger things than we tend to pray about kingdom things. And so he teaches us, when he teaches how to pray, he teaches us what to pray. And it's interesting, so many times disciples are praying for the same things that I would, I would guess non-Christians would pray for, uh, health, wealth, success sorts of things. How often um, Christians spend time talking to God about how to usher in their agendas, their kingdoms instead of his agenda, his reign. And that's not to say we don't talk to God about our day-to-day needs. We're going to get to that. But what comes first, the big rocks, the priorities, the foundational stuff is, is his agenda, his kingdom. Are we seeking what he is seeking in the world? And so we desire, we talked about this, we desire for his name to be exalted. Hallowed be your name. We ask for that. Before we ever get to our needs and our list, it's your kingdom come. It's your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we want. And so that word for kingdom is in Greek is basileo, basileo tothio, the kingdom of God. We want that to come. That's what we desire. So many other kingdoms around us, lesser kingdoms, and we have, to neg- we have to navigate these. We have to negotiate a world filled with lesser authorities. We do. Governments, powers, dominions. It's part of life here. We get that. And we all have some sort of dissatisfactions that come up from our dealings with these lesser kingdoms of the world. I mean, in America, it's an art form. Uh, we started as a protest. We started as a, as a rebellion against King George III. And we're really good at at expressing our dissatisfaction, whether it's local, city, state, you know, national. Our dissatisfaction is is not held back. We criticize, we criticize. I was, by the way, (laughs) we took a family trip. I was surprised. Sometimes, you know, we're so good at this. It's just funny that you see things that could only happen in America. But we took a trip to Washington, D.C., our, our nation's capital, uh, two years ago, I think, spring break, wanted to see the museums and visit some of the big sites and, and some historical places in Arlington National Cemetery. But it, it struck me, the, the license plates in D.C., you know, we put slogans, Lone Star State or Missouri, the Show Me State or whatever. We put our slogans in our license. D.C. says, taxation without representation. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a famous slogan of the Revolutionary War, but no, they mean it now. They don't, they pay federal taxes, but they have non-voting delegates to the Congress. They're not happy, and so they put it on their license plates. We want representation because we're paying taxation, but I I just, I thought it was amazing. It's so American right there, right? Right? Uh, it's our pastime to complain about things and 
kingdoms and governments and the state house, the city council, the people in Washington, D.C., the HOA people. I mean, we complain about all of them, man. Uh, as they've said before, the worst kind of ticks is politics, you know? There you go. So it's not hard. I mean, it's not hard to find fault with the kingdoms of this world, with these smaller kingdoms, and we're going to have to negotiate those because that's the world we live in. But our citizenship is in a different basileos. Our citizenship, our only eternal citizenship is in the kingdom of God. And we are citizens of that kingdom. So Jesus comes along and he teaches us to pray uh, for his will pe- to be done and his kingdom to come. By the way, these are not separate, discrete things. These are really kind of one request. Your kingdom come, your will be done, because God's kingdom has come wherever his will is done fully and cheerfully. His kingdom has come where there are loving subjects, not rebellious subjects. And as children of God, that is what we seek. We want to see that. We want to see his kingdom fully realized, his will, his objectives, his agenda is being done uh, at all times and all places. So as children of God, we essentially pray for rain. That's what this is in, in the Lord's Prayer. We pray for rain, his rain, at all times, in all places. And that phrase, on earth, as it is in heaven, here, just like it is there. That's the prayer. And what is it? What does it look like? The will of God being done in heaven, what does it look like? It's flawless. It's happening fully at all times. He reigns perfectly. He is not second-guessed. The angels aren't driving around with with protest license plates in heaven. His will is done perfectly and joyfully in heaven. So your will be done in heaven. I mean, on earth as it is in heaven. We yearn for that. We yearn for the will of our Father to be done, to occur at, at, at every instance, in every place, starting here with me, with you, starting with my mind, with my heart. I want to see his reign. I want to see his kingdom, his governance fully realized wherever I look. In the beginning, it, it, it was, right? In the beginning, it was, it was perfect. It was flawless. Um, God created the heavens and the earth and he reigned perfectly. There wasn't this gap between heaven and earth. There wasn't in the beginning. God's will did happen on earth just as it was happening in heaven. His kingship was unchallenged and unquestioned. His will was occurring real time everywhere, every corner of the galaxy. Smallest out anthill, you know, solar system somewhere else. It was happening and then sin ruined it. We, human beings, we questioned. We challenged. We protested. We rebelled. And from that point until today, we see his will fully only in spurts, only in situations, um, 
the man and woman who rebelled against him, they were forcibly removed. They were separated from that perfect place, weren't they? And the great John Milton, the great English poet, called this, right, paradise lost in that epic poem, paradise lost. And Jesus came. Something profound happened when Jesus came. God was beginning this restoration back to the way things are supposed to be. He was making things right. And so you see glimpses of this, flashes in the Gospels as Jesus the King is on earth and you see his reign as you follow him around. What does it look like? First of all, front and center, Jesus, the ministry was about the kingdom of God. 162 times in the Gospels we we talk about the kingdom of God. We see him launch his ministry, launch. The first words, first sermon are kingdom of God is at hand, Mark chapter 1. The kingdom of God is at hand. After he is crucified and resurrected. He spends about six weeks with his inner circle, with his disciples. He's teaching them. He's training them. And the theme is one thing. The theme is the kingdom of God. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. He, the king, he, Jesus, he presented himself alive. Remember, he had been killed. He presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, proofs appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. That's what he wanted to talk to them about. That was the subject. He wanted them to be ready. They were going to be on the cutting edge as the kingdom was ushered in. They would be front and center. And now that place... Believe it or not, that place where heaven and earth are coming together, it's not in the Garden of Eden. It's not centered around a geographical place like the temple in Jerusalem. Now it's in Him. It's come together, heaven and earth in Him, in Christ Jesus. And the church, it's called the body of Christ, the church is where the reign of God is to be seen and experienced where the world can see what that's like. And so is a church like like Preston Crest, is is a church like this a place where his will is done flawlessly at all times? Well, not exactly, no. But we are his children, and we are disciples of Jesus, the King, and we are seeking together his reign in our community, right? Right? And so the Holy Spirit assures us. I love this in the New Testament. I love these assurances. The Holy Spirit assures us that we belong to Jesus, that our identity is now safe with him. We are adopted into the family of God. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. Now, we aren't hanging around here waiting to see if we get in or not. Am I going to make it into the kingdom or not? That would be horrible theology to think you're doing that. It would be horrible theology to think you're waiting on a letter from INS heaven. Oh, I got accepted. I'm now a citizen. Because you are a citizen. And that's repeated over and over and over. You are currently part of his kingdom. Okay? I mean, we are through Jesus right now part of the kingdom of God. Citizens of that. And thank you, God, for that. 
And so Paul is always reminding people of this. Like in Colossians, he tells his friends that he has delivered, past tense, right? He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred, past tense, he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's read that together if you would join me. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That's you, that's me, that's present, that's, it happened. Praise God for this. We have been delivered from darkness. We have been transferred. We're not waiting on our transfer. We have been transferred to his kingdom. We are kingdom people. Uh, delivered, transferred, done. It is finished. Now it was among them, his kingdom had come, but we know this. There's an in-between. There's a tension. It had come. Yes, it had arrived. But not fully. It wasn't fully realized. It was still, it had arrived, but it was still arriving. We, like our early church brothers and sisters, we are in this in-between. Kingdom is here. Our citizenship is established. It is confirmed. And there's more to come. Thank God for that. During his ministry, Jesus, the Son of God, he would pull open the curtain. He would give people glimpses into this. Every time he would heal a sick person, every time he would fill an empty stomach, every time he would perform these signs and wonders, he was letting people see this world is not as it should be. This world is, look at it, it's coming. This is what it looks like when God reigns fully. And so Scripture then, through these breathtaking visions from the Apostle John, the last book of the Bible, we get to kind of see this is what it's going to look like when this prayer is answered, fully answered, right? He says in Revelation 21.4, he sees this, like every, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And I like this part. I'm tired of people dying and getting sick. Amen? Uh, <laughs> Death shall be no more. No more obits. No more funeral services. No more eulogies. Death has been retired. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain for the former things. The old stuff has passed away. That's what's going to happen. So obviously... The kingdom has come, but not fully. And I have to confess, you know, I just, with so many who finished their race or who've gotten diagnoses lately that are, I just, I'm tired and I'm ready. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I want that. And so when we pray for the kingdom to come, it's, it's not like we are I want to be clear about this. It's not like we're just saying, okay, God, hit the fast forward button. Let's jump ahead to the end. Um, when we all get to heaven, quick, let's do that quicker. That is not what Jesus is praying. This is a prayer for now. This is a prayer for God's will to be done here now just as it is there. Right? 
We're praying for the present. We're living in the present. We have work to do as citizens of the kingdom right now. Yes, we long for what is to come, but we long right now to be used as his instruments in our church and in our community in the world. So that is part of what it is to embody the mission of the king, right? We are an outpost of heaven. We are an outpost of heaven here in this broken world. We are an embassy of the kingdom in Dallas-Fort Worth. We desire for the church to be a place where, to some extent, the realities of heaven are happening now, our experience now. And so we are this outpost here in Dallas. Um, We aren't to be like the citizens of the kingdom. You know, often we think of a castle, right? A kingdom has a castle. And we're not this place where the drawbridge has been rolled up and we're all huddling here waiting for Jesus to come back. That is never the vision we have in the New Testament of our role. We ask for, we actively participate in this idea of, of kingdom work being done here as it is there, of his will being done here as it is there. And we want, like I said, starting with us, looking in the mirror, we want for our individual lives to be places where the will of God is done, where those little rebellious areas might be with your pocketbook, might be in your marriage, might be in your free time. We want those areas where there are pockets of rebellion, we want them to surrender to the lordship of Jesus and for his will to be done in each of those places. We want to surrender our time, our talents, and we want to surrender our work, our careers, our families, all of that to him, our attitudes, our behaviors, surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. Your will be done. We want our neighbors to hear the good news of the king. We want them to hear the good news of Jesus who we serve and worship. We want our divided nation who is looking for a kingdom of the right or a kingdom of the left. We want them to join us in looking up for the kingdom of God and to unite around God, the sovereign. And remember, you are part of God's kingdom. You're a citizen, and so you and I, we're called to live as citizens now of this kingdom. We follow his word. We gladly obey his laws, his decrees, and we bring with us, wherever we go, we bring with us the kingdom, kingdom spirit, kingdom attitudes, kingdom love. So why would we bother with something as troublesome difficult, some people say impossible, why would we worry about something as hard as racial reconciliation (laughs) to see his kingdom come, to see his will done here on earth as it is in heaven? It seems impossible. It seems like a never-finishing job to, to feed the hungry. Why would we worry about that? Why would we teach a children's class at church or lead one of the youth groups, small groups, and serve in that ministry to see his kingdom come? That's why we would do that. Why would we serve in, in the urban ministries, the Cover Dallas with Love ministries here at Preston Crest? We want to see his kingdom come on earth. 
We want to see his will done here as it is in heaven. Why travel with our team to Guatemala and do dentistry or provide medical care or classes or, or do a construction project or put on a VBS? Why would we do that? Why do we do that? Yeah, you get the idea. Kingdom people are always asking, okay, Lord, Lord, how can you use me now? And generally it's not over there after a three-hour flight. Usually it's, it's not across the ocean, it's across the street. How, how do you want to use me here and now? How do I live as a citizen today in my workplace or at my school or in my neighborhood? So good news, the good news, according to Jesus, Mark chapter 1, verse 15, he is launching his ministry way back when, and he said, quote, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Hmm. What an invitation. Repent and believe in the gospel. Jesus wants you to be part of his amazing kingdom. And you were designed to be a follower. You were designed to grow into his heart and into his ways. And if you're ready to start that journey, you can do that. You can believe in the gospel that this king died for you, was buried and was raised so that you would have hope. And you can begin your journey as his disciple, joining his kingdom. Maybe you just need prayers today. I think there's a lot going on that we need to be praying about these days as we care for one another, care for our brothers and sisters. And so we would encourage you, as we always do, to pray to pray this week over the prayer bulletins that come out through email, to pray over what you see in the bulletin, or to just pray right now for someone sitting next to you that you care about and you know they're struggling. Or come down and pray with me or Don. Let's respond to our amazing King as we stand and worship. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, worship His
thank you, Gordon. Thank you, John Scott. We appreciate you leading our worship, and we thank you all for being here. We hope that you are each uplifted. Our take-home verse this morning is going to be from 1 Timothy 1, verse 17. So if you will, join me as we read this in dismissal. To the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. You're dismissed.